0: As soon as I got home from detention, it set in how truly lost I am. I spent the last week gathering information and clues just to get seemingly nowhere. Motives and alibis are going hand in hand, piling up like logs on a raging fire. And then it clicked. There was one obvious suspect I neglected this entire time. Xavier Rose, our rifle Garfield High's hero and second most sought after recruit just behind Brian Bay. The town was surprised that even the homegrown star, Xavier, couldn't handle Brian. He built like a tall glass of water. After re-examining the playoff game footage, I realized he was subbed out minutes before halftime, exiting to the locker room early, giving ample time to cut a shoe. After some minor Instagram investigating, I found he was shopping for new shoes, but not just any shoes. Xavier had posted on his story a photo of him holding the D-Lo Tops 2.0. I recognized the store he was in, so I booked it to the mall. Had I finally found the orchestrator of this affair? February 26, 2019, the St. Francis Foxes lost in the state basketball playoff game against the Garfield High Jaguars. Star recruit Brian Bates' weak shoe accident early in the second half led to the Foxes blowing a major lead. To most, this was a shocking loss and a shocking injury, but some know the truth. This game's outcome and Brian's injury were fixed. My name is Maxine Phillips, and I'm finagling the truth of the parting of the shoe at St. Francis High. Xavier Rose? Yes? Hi. My name is Maxine Phillips. Uh, I'm the basketball team manager for the St. Francis Foxes.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember seeing you.
0: I'm also doing a report for my school's paper about our basketball team. I was wondering if I could ask you a couple questions for the story.
1: Sure. That's fine.
0: Awesome. Um, One sec. Okay, should be good. I guess an easy way to ease into it would be asking if you are looking for new shoes. Yep. That's a pretty special pair you're looking at there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the D-Lo Tops.
0: You know, that's the kind of shoe that Brian was wearing when it parted. Is that right? Yes, it is. Hmm.
1: Looks like the price went down a little bit after what happened. I wonder if the stitching or the glue was damaged.
0: You know a lot about shoes.
1: Basketball players know a lot about the shoes they wear. It's a common thing. So how is Brian doing?
0: His ankle is getting better, but it'll be a process.
1: Yeah, I bet. Shame what happened.
0: What do you think happened?
1: What do you mean? His shoe broke on a bad step.
0: I think someone tampered with the shoe.
1: Like on purpose?
0: Yes, on purpose.
1: Oh, I see. And since I'm looking at the same shoes, it's painting a pretty nice picture. mm
0: mm-hmm, Mhm. Pretty nice, yeah.
1: And I look good in the picture.
0: Yeah, you do.
1: <sighs> I'm flattered.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, I I didn't mean I didn't mean anything like that.
1: <laughs> anyway, if a person did happen to mess with the shoe, it would have to be someone who is. Really, in the shoes. What do you mean? A lot of brands put their stitchings in different places because of the different designs. For example, the D-Lo tops have a smaller sole than, let's say, the Hyper Dunk X's, right? Because of this, the D-Lo's don't have to put in as much stitching.
0: Which would also mean the person who did it wouldn't have as much to cut through. Oh, trust me, I know. I've talked to a shoe expert.
1: Yep. It would be easy. Wouldn't need much. An Exacto knife could do it.
0: Huh. Pretty smart, too.
1: Thanks. I'm getting a bit hungry. Want to get something with me? What? I thought we could get something to eat together if we were both hungry. We can continue the interview there, too, if that's what's still happening.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I could eat. I could eat. Did you want to get something at the food court?
1: Food court? No. There's a great diner down the road. Diner? Yeah, Duke's.
0: Sure. (laughs) Um, why not? Look, I wasn't going on a date with him. I just thought it would be a good way to get information. I'm using it as a front to ask him questions. So to whoever is listening to this, it is not a date. Think of it more as an isolated questioning of food, drinks, and music.
1: Ugh. I love this place. It's one of the only restaurants I know that has a jukebox and serves cherry milkshakes. And I mean cherry, not just strawberry with the cherry on top.
0: That's great. Isn't it? Sure. So what got you playing basketball?
1: My parents. Yeah? Yeah. What is it like going to a Catholic school? It's okay. Come on, nothing is ever just okay. I mean, if I had to wear a uniform to go to school every day, I wouldn't just be okay with it.
0: Okay, it sucks.
1: What sucks about it?
0: Well, do you think your school sucks?
1: Of course
0: What makes it suck?
1: A lot of things
0: I want you to picture all those things that make it suck in your mind Okay You don't have to close your eyes I want to Now imagine the people who are running your school actively trying to make you feel guilty For thinking that those things suck Which they do
1: Looks bad It is Your parents make you go?
0: Yeah, my mom. She's super religious.
1: Really? You don't seem religious at all.
0: I have my doubts like any normal person, but my mom thinks I'm as holy as the Pope.
1: You shouldn't do that. You should be honest with her. Why? Because she'll appreciate your honesty more than your lies.
0: Yeah, maybe. You don't think so? Ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Not to me. Really? You seem to be happy turning a blind eye to what happened to Brian.
1: How am I turning a blind eye?
0: You barely said anything about it in your post-game interview.
1: I said I hope he turns out alright and it's awful that happened during a playoff game.
0: Anyone can say that.
1: Look, after a game you're just thinking about heading back into the locker room. Post-game interviews are rarely actually informative.
0: They can be, if you try.
1: Have you decided? Yeah, I'll have the barbecue cheddar jack burger with fries. Okay. Can I get extra garlic salt on the fries? Sure can. And for you?
0: Oh, I'll just have an apple juice. Nothing to eat. You serve pie here? Yeah. Apple pie? Sure do. Slice of that, then.
1: All right, your food will be out shortly. You sure do like apples.
0: Favorite flavor of anything.
1: What about, like, uh, banana flavor? Crap. (laughs) So if you have a choice, you're always choosing apple?
0: Yeah, it's my favorite. What about you? You like apple?
1: No, I think it's garbage, honestly.
0: Garbage? Really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I said it.
0: (laughs) Okay, you know what's garbage? What? Your barbecue cheddar jack with fries and a milkshake. Aren't you supposed to be eating lean for the season?
1: I burn a lot of calories, and it's cheat day.
0: Doesn't your school provide you with meal plans?
1: No, that sounds like something that only a rich private school like yours would do.
0: Uh, we're not that rich.
1: Rich enough to have meal plans and provide for international stars.
0: Well, I'm not rich.
1: So you say.
0: I'm not. I have an academic scholarship, and my mom works a lot of overtime so I can go to St.
1: Francis. Money's a funny thing, isn't it? What do you mean? It's the only reason I'm not playing for St. Francis myself. I've been playing basketball all my life, which means that I went through the local youth development league. At a certain point, St. Francis wanted to recruit me. They even offered me a scholarship, but it was snatched up by somebody else. Without the scholarship, my parents couldn't afford the tuition.
0: Does it even matter now? You're still a star, still getting the same college-level interest that our players are getting.
1: Trust me. I'm not.
0: How aren't you? I've seen the scouts at our games. They look at you the same way they look at Brian.
1: Maybe on the court. But behind the scene, Brian looks better on paper. And it's all thanks to St. Francis education. Think about it. Between me and Brian, it's easier for a scout to convince their university's board to sign the player who got the better grades at a better school.
0: <sighs> Come on. Garfield isn't that bad.
1: A 10 percentage dropout rate is... In order to drive up the interest for me, I have to pretend that I'm more of a sob story than what I really am. Top basketball prospect that is graduating at the top of his class is one thing, but from Garfield? Unheard of. But I don't really cry that hard. It's just for the scouts.
0: I knew I was off track. This... (laughs) This was new territory for me. I had to push this back to Brian. The rivalry was the real reason I was there. Brian wanted me to look into Xavier from the beginning. All week, he was pushing me to interview Xavier. Why do you keep suggesting Xavier? We went over why he's unlikely last night. Uh, because if there is anyone that is outside of the St. Francis
1: Circle that could have done it, it's him. Uh,
0: you don't think that your rivalry is clouding your judgment, even a little bit?
1: I know you watch the games, but I'm actually on the court. I know what he's like. He has it out for me, on the court and off it. You remember that technical he had on me last year?
0: Yeah, I do, but that was a pretty bad game for him, though.
1: He takes things way too personally. I swear, if you look at him the wrong way on the court, he gets upset. He's got a short temper, he's not afraid of fouling. Uh, I got a lot of elbows in the back.
0: That's okay, sure, but how do you know that aggression is there off the court? He
1: always leaves passive-aggressive comments on my posts. Get off.
0: and how do you feel about Brian Brian yeah comes here from Korea draws all the attention away from a player like you your story is hard work his is he makes it look easy
1: uh, it's just good competition is it all right here's
0: your barbecue cheddar jack burger with fries and here is your slice of apple pie with apple juice. Uh, let me know if you need anything else, okay? Thank you. Thanks. I'll admit, that does look good.
1: Tastes better than it looks.
0: I bet. Brian is your only true competition at Garfield?
1: I wouldn't say that.
0: But you thought that. Coming up through junior high, you were the top player in the area... All of a sudden, when you reach sophomore year, there's a new player in town that's giving you a run for your money.
1: Yeah, I remember my first game against him.
0: Wasn't it a blowout? Yeah. Sorry for bringing up bad memories.
1: It's all right. It's funny. I remember joking around that we would show him what good old-fashioned American basketball looked like.
0: He's quite good.
1: Tell me about it.
0: Too good.
1: Excuse me?
0: Wasn't it convenient that he went down when scouts were at the game? Wasn't it convenient that you dropped 42 points versus St. Francis for the first time in three years?
1: Are you saying that I wanted him out? Sure am. Of course I wanted him out. Without Brian, the floodgates were open. I could drive to the rim whenever and wherever I wanted to.
0: So when did you do it?
1: Do what?
0: Cut the stitching of the shoe.
1: I didn't mess with his shoe.
0: You sure about that? At the mall, you were looking at the same exact pair, and you knew just where to mess with it if you wanted it to break open.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't mean- And you need. were
0: missing when the rest of your team took to the courts for pre-game warm-ups. And wasn't it convenient when you were subbed out before half so you can go to the locker rooms early?
1: Yes, it was convenient, but so what? I didn't do whatever it is that you're saying I did.
0: Then where were you during warm-ups?
1: I have pre-game rituals that I need to be alone for. And
0: what would that be?
1: I can't tell you. It would ruin the ritual. Why were you subbed out? So I could save more energy for the much-needed second half.
0: More energy means more points. Like you knew something.
1: This is crazy. I don't want to talk about basketball anymore. Why not? Because I hate it. Uh... I hate it. Look, I love playing the game, but I hate it that I have been raised like a farm animal That sole purpose is to play professional basketball. Every single second of my life has already been lived, planned out. 5.30 a.m., my father wakes me up and makes me go running. 6.30 a.m., I lift weights, which usually consist of 45-pound plates exercises. 7 to 7.30, I eat breakfast, and since I'm in season, it's egg whites and spinach. 8 a.m., I have to cram in as much school work as I can before the day starts. Then, the school day. I drink coffee all day to stay alert. If I miss something that shows up on a test, there will be bad news at home. Around 4.30 p.m. I get ready for practice, warming up, if I can study no cards at the same time. 5 to 7 p.m. is practice. My dad says it's good if I pass out from pushing myself too hard, because if you push yourself to the limit and get back up, the world is yours. 8 p.m. onward is dinner, homework, then rest. Jesus, I don't even call it sleep anymore. Just rest. Repeat that every day because you were born tall. I feel bad for Brian. I really do because that one moment has potentially caused 17 years of his life to be nothing but a total waste. I constantly dream about the day when I can step onto a court just to play for fun again. But that will require quitting. And I know that I will never quit on my own. I owe my parents too much. Everything they do is for me, for my career. I play my ass off because they need me to. They don't want to see that their efforts were wasted. Don't you think that I want to eat like this every day? I didn't... You didn't think about it? Well, no one does. Some people like the spotlight, others don't.
0: But you must know something about what went down. Everything can't just be coincidental.
1: If I knew, then I would tell you. Royce already tells me everything anyway. If he knew anything, he would've told me. Royce? Yeah, we stay friends after we parted from the youth league. Sometimes we hang out after practice. I'm not cutting him off because he's at St. Francis.
0: And he tells you everything?
1: Everything.
0: So you know everything that Boogie and Francis have done for Brian?
1: What? No. Are they- I shouldn't have said anything. Well, with a big mouth like yours, I doubt that could have been helped. What did you say? I said that you have a big mouth. By the way you're talking, it sounds like I'm not the first person that you've questioned, which means that I'm not the first person that you pissed off. You're pissed off? Yes, very.
0: You don't show it much.
1: I got good discipline. My father taught me that.
0: La-dee-da for you. You still don't have an alibi. You need to tell me about your pregame ritual.
1: No, I don't. I'm not under arrest. You're not a cop.
0: Yeah, I know I'm not a cop. I'm actually doing something. And you're still a suspect. You know what I think? What? I think that in one of these famous after-school study sessions, you and Royce had a nice talk about Brian, and somewhere along the way, his special shoe treatment was brought up since everyone seems to know about it. You know all about basketball shoes, as all basketball players do. You came up with a plan that would benefit you both. You told them how to mess with the stitching, or maybe you went in the locker room and did the deed yourself. Royce would know where Brian keeps his shoes, which means that you would know. Whatever happened, we know the consequences. The parting of the shoe. Brian goes out with a bad ankle in the second half, and not only do you lead Garfield to a massive comeback, but Royce, who has never started a game this year, is subbed in for Brian. Admittingly, he puts up decent points, but he plays bad defense, making you look all the sweeter. A win-win. How about that?
1: It's true.
0: I knew it. I knew it.
1: Royce doesn't like riding the bench. He wants to play. When we play against each other, we push each other, which usually means that we play our best.
0: But Royce had a terrible game.
1: I know. He's not happy about it. Did Royce do it? He would tell me if he did. But you don't know that I didn't do it either. Shit. How is it? Good. Good.
0: Can I get the check?
1: Sure. Uh, Together. Separate. separate. All right then. This might be the worst date I've ever been on.
0: This isn't a date.
1: Not anymore.
0: It never was. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you enjoy your pie?
0: I did. This place is actually pretty good. Might come back.
1: I'm glad that I could introduce you. Look, what happened to Brian was a freak accident. There's nothing to be solved. You're making yourself run around in circles for no reason. I mean, does anyone else even care about it besides you?
0: No. But that doesn't matter. Brian is a good friend. He's flawed, but so am I. He didn't deserve what happened to him, and it wasn't a freak accident.
1: I hope that you get down to the bottom of it, Nancy Drew.
0: (laughs) She's an incredible detective, so thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: There wasn't much talking after that It wasn't needed I don't trust him Or Royce Especially after what Xavier told me in the booth that night Why didn't Royce bring any of this up earlier? If I had a bet on it? I think he knew that it would have made him look more suspicious. But he didn't count on me learning this from someone other than him. I need to get back to my place and listen through the tapes again. There's something there that hasn't made sense yet. Something undiscovered. All I have is time now. I'm Maxine Phillips. Till next time. Parting of the Shoe is written and produced by Maxine Phillips. Music, sound design, and mixing by Devin Gilroy. Reenactments directed by Holly Green. Special thanks to Tony Phillips and Brian Bay. If you liked what you heard or for more information, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or wherever you get your latest podcasts from. Thank you and peace out.